Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. All right, we are back after a very extended leave of absence trying to coordinate our nine-hour time difference, but this is Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 101, and that is Laura, and I'm Keith, and since the last time we spoke, I think we had the trade deadline, and the playoffs, and the cup champion, and the awards, and free agency, and the draft, so... Who knows where this will take us today, but we'll try to maybe stay mostly focused Canucks and then just bounce around from there. Sure, that sounds good. So but, take it away. What do you think? What's your current? Are you happy with the Canucks and their <clears throat> So I think I had a realization <laughs> or at least maybe a, a coming to peace with the Canucks because I, w- I was very upset about them basically from the like Boudreaux firing onwards, like super pissed off. And I was under the impression, like, I don't care what they do under Talkit because it's just a repeat of what they did last year under Boudreaux. And I'm going to wait until the off season to see basically the changes that they make and where this team is going to go. But I was like super negative. I wanted them to keep that extra first round pick and basically build for the future. However, I will say, I kind of came to terms on July 1st, like after the Miller extension kicked in to be like, okay, and the Demco, like just the deal that he has, those two particularly, I'm like, okay, they're they're going for win now because they have these pieces and we'll see where it goes. Um, Obviously they made some signings in free agency. Most notably, um, they got a couple defensemen in uh Susie and Cole and then their supposed like third line center in Teddy Bluger I say supposed because I don't know if I totally buy him as a third line center but he's adding center depth that they need so let's hope that it works and if it doesn't it's only a one-year deal so it doesn't really matter but I guess my point is that they have to make the playoffs next year if they don't it's a total absolute failure um and so right now I'm kind of at peace with them and we'll see how this season begins. But I did look at the the schedule, and I noticed they have one game at home, and then I think they won a five-game road trip. So it could be another interesting start to the season, but time will tell. I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah, uh, I was pretty upset leading leading into free agency hearing that they were going to get Ian Cole and Carson Susie because I don't have – a ton of faith in them but yeah. also i just came to the acceptance that like the free agent class was pretty weak so you need to add they needed to add two def- defense basically and there wasn't like a ton better out there realistically i mean when you consider too like if they move myers which it sounds like they're going to i think it depends if carlson is moved from san jose but if they do, then the only defenseman left from the Benning era is going to be Hughes, which is insane. Right. That's an insane turnaround. So whether or not, I mean, it's better. I think we can probably accept that it will be better than what was under Benning. Whether it's playoff worthy, I don't know. I'm like you. I don't have much faith in those two defensemen, but at least, I mean, Susie, they gave three years to, which is, eh, but at least the other signings were were one-year deals. So yeah. 
And I agree with you on Teddy Bluger. I, I feel like he's more of a solid fourth line center. So yeah. I don't know if we've exactly solved that one yet, but um, you know, like I said, the, the class was weak. You know, I had some hope for Ryan O'Reilly. He actually got less money than I thought he was going to, yeah. but at that term, it's still something that would have been a risk. So I'm not too disappointed. And then after he went off the board, I was hoping for JT Comfort. But then after seeing the deal he got, there's no way I would have been happy with that. So, yeah, uh, it was a very Benning-ish signing, which was surprising from from Iserman. I thought Stevie Y has been doing some interesting things. <laughs> like when they when they did the trade with Edmonton for future considerations to get Yamamoto and Costin, and then they bought out Yamamoto and they didn't qualify Costin. It was very questionable. Then they did, they did sign Costin, I guess, but it seemed like a very odd move to just kind of help Edmonton out like that. Yeah. And a lot of people are giving him flack for drafting Nate Danielson at number nine in the draft. Yeah. Uh, was it him that drafted Philip Sedina? Oh, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Maybe it was, but I think it was, um, Holland I think it was like one of his last picks was it okay because yeah. he got put on waivers today yeah. I saw yeah so Detroit's kind of an intriguing one and they also uh, signed Justin Hall which is a little bit yeah, too. 3.4 for three years yeah. I laughed out loud at that one and mocked yeah. my friend in our hockey pool group who's a Detroit fan because that's not a great move <laughs> but um yeah back to the Canucks uh what was I gonna say yeah, I mean, I'm happy, I guess, now that the dust has settled, that they got Willander with 11. I was hoping for Benson because, you know, like we debated heavily, best player available versus positional need, and, like, they were going to go defenseman. Um, kind of bummed that Detroit got Sandin Pelica with the pick that the Canucks could have kept in the Horvat deal. So time will tell on that. Yeah, uh, I mean... <laughs> Again, outside of really the top few picks in the draft, it's so hard to tell how any of these players are going to pan out. And then even then, sometimes the top ones don't um, don't end up being what they project to be anyway. So I was like you. I, I wanted Benson, especially when he was available, because I was honestly shocked. And then like um, uh, Oliver Moore, who went to Chicago at like 20th or whatever, I can't yeah. remember that pick was like he was ranked super high so I kind of wanted one of the two but I knew ultimately it was going to be a defenseman um and the more I look at him um, the more I'm kind of okay with it so I think we'll see if Canucks fans are super hurt about it because of you Levy right I think yeah. if Levy hadn't happened we would be fine with this pick <laughs> yeah um hopefully it's not the same story mm. And yeah, back to the defense, like I was one of those people that like, I really liked Shen with Hughes and I was hoping he was going to come back, but the deal he got in Nashville, I get why he took that and I get why Vancouver couldn't do that. Yeah. So good for him for turning his career around the way he did and, and making some money out of it. But if you think about it, I guess, you know, it's going to probably be like Hughes and Cole, which Cole could probably be a Shen type defensive defenseman to fill that role. And then you'd have Hironic and Susie, I guess. I think so, yeah. Which could be scary. I don't know about Susie as your second pair guy. Yeah. Because as the season went on in Seattle, he became very much third pair guy. And in the playoffs, I think he was getting like 14 minutes a game. Yeah. And then the fourth third pair will be what Myers and Hirose or Juleson. 
Yeah, I mean, I can show you. I nerded out and wrote my projected lineup down. Okay. <laughs> um, just for fun, you know. And <laughs> I had Myers, Breezewall, um, Willanen, Irwin, Hirose, like any of those combination of defensemen, I feel like we'll get a shot. Right. Um, I I also have the feeling that Myers probably won't be on the team, so maybe there's still a move to make. I will tell. Yeah. Yeah. With the cost of wingers, I'm not going to get too much into all the moves that have been going on, but the the price people have been paying to move off of wingers and their obvious value being pretty much nothing. I definitely want to see the Canucks just go into the season with Garo and Besser in the lineup. Those are the other two names they talk about moving to make some cap space. And I feel like, you know, Besser is going to reclaim that value. He didn't have a terrible year last year. I mean, he scored less goals than everyone thought he would, but he still played fairly well, especially under Tockett. And I feel like Garland was the same. He was starting to turn around under Tockett. So, I mean, Garland's an interesting one because he's always produced pretty well five on five for the Canucks. It's mm-hmm. just that he doesn't get any power play time. And so it drives his numbers down. But I feel mm-hmm. like if they wanted to prop up his value, they probably could. Um, right. But again, we'll see. And I mean, I think I've always been more positive on Garland than most people because I do like the fact that he has some feistiness to his game. And I think that it's something the Canucks could use on that forward group, basically. But right. We'll see. I'm happy if they keep both of them. They do have a total logjam of wingers, though. Like for the the younger players like Pod Colson and Hoglander particularly, I, I wonder what's gonna happen with them because it still feels like if they don't move anyone that they're just not gonna get the opportunity to play. And maybe like maybe both of them aren't gonna pan out to be what they're projected to be, but it would be nice to see them given a bit more of a shot. I mean, Pod Colson has been given more than than Hoglander recently, but um because I'm like I guess in my mind I'm thinking about the Again, a bit of the grittier style and Hoglander and Garland are kind of similar or they could project to be similar players. So anyway, mm. yeah. I feel like one of them is going to probably land on that third line. Garland yes. and Blue. I mean, again, they have a ton. Like if you think about the top lines as being the, the two Russians and PD, so Mikheyev, Kuzmenko and PD. Yeah. And you have Besser, Miller, and then I don't know if you put Bobillier or Garland or Pearson there basically because it sounds like Pearson's going to be healthy which is the other problem I'm going to call it not for him but for the Canucks mm-hmm. and then yeah like Garland I put Garland Bluger Pearson as the third line and then on the fourth line you've got yeah like Joshua Pod Coles and Amon Hoglander Studnika like there's a lot kind of crammed in there I mean mm-hmm. You can debate the quality of those players. I don't know. But I think, yeah, we'll see what happens there. We will see. Time will tell. It's going to be interesting. It's it's like an all-or-nothing season, you know. And the other and... one, like the other thing that I think we haven't talked about yet that will <laughs> time will tell what happens there is the backup goalie. And stop me if we've talked about this before because it seems like it's every year. But with Delia leaving and then Martin last year not playing great, um, I know they signed, who was it that they signed? Um, they signed a depth goalie 
that might end up being the backup. And then obviously they have Silvos or Silvos um, who played very well at the world. So that's promising, but I don't know if he's ready for full-time backup duty. And obviously we saw this year what happens when Demko gets injured <laughs> um, with this team. So that, I think to be an all or nothing like team and to have those questions at goaltending is a little bit problematic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the the uh, the hope is ideal situation is they go 15 games in the season. They're not terrible. They up the value of one of their wingers and they're able to find someone who is starting the season needing scoring that thought they had it. And yeah. then they can they can upgrade, you know, with uh, third pairing defenseman coming back the other way and yeah. try to make room up the lineup for one of the other guys, one of the many guys you just listed. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hopeful. I'm gonna be hopeful that they're gonna have a good summer and come in prepared and and finally start a year good. I mean, I, I'm gonna say this: if they don't, then there is something seriously wrong with the team. Yeah, like, and they need to um, they need to dismantle some of it if that is if they don't come in prepared again because it's been two years in a row, if not three, that we can really talk about them ruining their season based on the start mm-hmm. um they can't do it they know that so yeah okay so i'm gonna move off the canucks because there's a couple teams i just really quickly want to touch base on and before we wrap it up whenever that is <laughs> uh i want to do uh where do you think they're gonna get traded kind of thing for names that are the big names that we kind of know okay are gonna go. so uh because you love the leafs I want to talk about Toronto sure. and I want to get your thoughts on, because I actually kind of like some of the additions they made. So obviously moving out, they lost O'Reilly. They lost, um, what's the name of the player they got from Chicago? Not McCabe because he's sticking around, but the other guy, the forward. No, um, I can't think of his name right now either. Uh, the depth, dude. He's He left. I don't think he signed anywhere yet, but I think he did. I try and remember where, but anyway, yeah, sorry. They lost him. They, they lost Shari. They lost O'Reilly. They lost Shen. They lost Kerfoot. They lost, where did Kerfoot go? I don't, oh, he went to Arizona. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. So, yeah, they lost a lot of pieces, and then they ended up bringing in John Klingberg, and they brought in Max Domi, and they brought in Tyler Bertuzzi, yeah. and they brought in, there was what, Ryan Reeves. Yeah. So obviously they were looking to address some of their grittiness and with Klingberg, like it was obvious in the playoffs that they had trouble moving the puck. Morgan Riley, they had good defenders, but the defenders couldn't necessarily keep moving the puck up to their offense. And and it was noticeable. And I, I felt like TJ Brody lost like 10 steps in the playoffs. Like he was so noticeably bad. Well, both him and Giordano, I felt like for them were a problem in the playoffs this year. Yeah. I mean, both of them are older now. Um, the thing about Toronto that I think is the most um important is that right now I I think they're like eight million over the cap. So they're gonna have to move someone from that team before the season starts, basically. Um, so right now they might look better than they are. Um, and I I, I mean the the question to me is if it's Nylander, but it sounds like they're working towards an extension. 
So then my second thought is, well, maybe they get rid of Murray somehow, but then what is the cost of that? I mean, I heard he's not even anywhere close to playing yet. Yeah, maybe, like maybe they'll get lucky and he can go on LTIR. They haven't qualified Samsonov yet either because I think it's to do with the cap because I think they're they're the 10% above or whatever that they're allowed to be, but um, in the summer. Right. But I mean, on paper, I I like the additions for the team, but I I just think that that team is. I I think that they are what the Canucks could be. Okay, I don't know how to explain this. I think there's something systematically flawed with their core, and I think they can try re reviving things around them. But until they figure out what the problem is with their core players, I don't see them winning. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, and I mean. Like Domi, for example, I think gets a reputation as being like a gritty player because of his dad. I don't know if he actually is. I don't think he throws a ton of hits. He might get under people's skin. I think as like a third line player, he's very useful. Like if you're talking about an upgrade from Kerfoot to Domi, it's definitely like that's what I see it. I see it. You're upgrading what you had with him. And sure, yeah. it's an upgrade. And I think Bertuzzi is an upgrade over um Bunting. Bunting. Yeah, big time. So, um, those two moves for sure. Klingberg is good offensively, not great defensively. So it'll be, you know, a fit that we'll see how it works in Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Like on paper, I think they've improved their team, but now I want to know what they do to get under the cap. Yeah, that's the thing. There's still a ton of moves coming this offseason. Yeah. Um, one move that I really liked was to Foley to the Devils. Yeah. They gave up, you know, we'll see how, how it goes because they gave up the younger player who, not last year, but the year before, had similar point totals to Foley. What's his name? Sharangovic or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a third. And Calgary was in a tight spot because Foley was pissed because they didn't want to extend him and he wanted to move. So they got what I think is a decent return, but now I look at New Jersey's top six of like Toffoli, Palat, Meyer, Hughes, Hishier, uh, Dawson Mercer. Like they've got some offense there that's going to be pretty insane. going to be a bit of a problem. And <laughs> also like all their deals, like the, the Capits are all pretty nice for mm-hmm. the players. So yeah, I agree. I like that one. And then uh, the biggest one I think obviously is the beginning of the exodus in winnipeg where like they bought out wheeler and he signed for next to nothing in new york i don't know why but whatever um and then they traded pierre luc dubois to la which on the surface i think is a good move for them but i and part of me thinks they're overplaying their hand a bit you know like they traded a first and what was his name brock faber to minnesota for kevin fiala and they had all these great prospects up and coming and young guys. And then they traded in the Philly Columbus deal. They got rid of a second and Helgi Grands, which was not I as good as a defensive prospect. A ton of young players though, that are like almost NHL ready. Um, I think it's more forwards now. It's more, it's more forwards, forwards but they have a ton of young defensemen in their lineup already. And then they got rid of Jersey for a second. They got rid of Jersey for a second. And then they brought in Dubois. And I feel like I follow and Velarde together will probably get the same production that Dubois will get. And then what was the they got a second? Was it those three pieces? Yeah. 
I mean, uh, for me, the Iofalo one completely depends on who stays in Winnipeg because I don't see him driving production by himself. So if yeah. he gets to play with Shifley, for example, or with Ehlers, I think he'll probably pick up with what Dubois does, although, again, center-winger debate you can have. Um, Velarde, I don't really have faith in, but we talked about it earlier, maybe a change of scenery. And he did have a he had a better season last season, but he does need to start replicating that if he's gonna be an NHL mm-hmm. player, basically. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's interesting with uh LA with Byfield, because now in front of him he has Kopitar, he has Dubois, he has Deneau. So is he going on to the wing? Are they like I, you know, I think he was their second overall pick. Are you going to let him play? <laughs> What's yeah. on there? So, yeah, no, I read a funny one that was like LA looking at the Rangers and being like, hey, they're burying their high picks. I like that. <laughs> or, you know, something along those lines. Because, like, you know, New yeah. York's having time developing Caco and Lafreniere and stuff like that. It's similar for sure. So, um, if they don't play him on the wing, it'd be a real head scratcher. Yeah. But I think. Is Kopitar on the last year of his deal now? It sounds like it. Yeah, I think they wanted to bring in Dubois to kind of replace him when he retires, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, Dubois had a good year last year in Winnipeg, and he can play like most situations. I think he's a good like 2C, basically. But um, I think his contract is probably for too much. And they, I, I think that, honestly, I think the trade is probably pretty fair considering the situation yeah um, yeah but, i mean if it had been open competition for dubois there would have been like first round picks going right but um i think i think it was a pretty fair trade mm-hmm. and i mean when you look at you compare it to bo horvat like same money same term yep i would take dubois over horvat i know you yeah. like horvat no, but, I mean, just by the age alone, I feel like you have to take Dubois over Horvat at this stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. So sticking with Winnipeg, do you who do you think Hellebuck will get traded to? Because it sounds very much like that's a possibility. Like he doesn't want to extend. He's on the last year of his deal. Hellebuck, 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 Hellebuck. I mean. I'm trying to think of teams that need a goalie. I mean, <laughs> my first thought was Edmonton, but I don't think that they make it work uh, right. with the cap hit. Um, I mean, I guess LA would make sense, some sense there with a goalie. Um, who else needs a goalie? Maybe, maybe the Devils, although it looks like they have something worked out there. Buffalo, Buffalo actually could be an interesting one. Maybe I'll say there. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking my first pick for him would probably be like New Jersey. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they could stomach extending him for what he's gonna cost. Yeah. I could see Toronto going for it for a year with him. Yeah. You know, if they can make it work. It's- and and Buffalo is a very good obvious one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And but they have never... the assets, I think, to make that deal happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, the other one was Elias Lindholm out of Calgary. It sounds very much like they've offered him the money and the term it would take to keep him, and he would probably go, are you like me? And you'd just see the obvious fit of him going to Columbus. 
I think Columbus would make a lot of sense. <laughs> um, obviously reconnects with with Johnny, with mm-hmm. Johnny Hockey there. Um, other places that need a center. I mean, everyone like I actually like I really like Lindholm's game. He's one of like the flames that I secretly kind of like. <laughs> um, but I was it's funny because I was also thinking about what if he returned to Carolina. Oh yeah, but I don't know because I also could totally see Shifley if they trade him ending up in Carolina. I feel like one of them is going to end up in Boston. Yeah, I mean that's another spot because who knows what's going on with Bergeron and Krejci at this point. Yeah, yeah. Last um, I heard was they're moving forward as if neither are coming back, and yeah, they're I mean, they're so far into cap hell, like with the four million overage from last year. Yeah. Uh, Boston is gonna be one to watch next year because they've lost a lot of players and like added Lucic and Van Riemsdyk, <laughs> which would be good if it was you know 2011. Yeah, <laughs> but not necessarily. How much, how much did Van Riemsdyk sign for? I I missed that one. Let me look. I don't remember, but it's not it's not expensive. They're not expensive deals, but it's just like what are you what are you doing? Well, I mean, if you look at the subtractions too, they lost Felino, Hall, Bergeron, Krejci, Connor Clifton. Uh, it sounds like they're going to trade Matt Grizzlick to make some money work. Um, Bertuzzi's gone. Orlov's gone. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I totally thought that they were trading Hall to keep Bertuzzi. I was like, okay, it makes sense. They basically just got rid of Hall, but they'll use the money that they could, like that they saved to keep Bertuzzi. Anyway, I mean, based on the one year and the cost of the ticket, it seems like Bertuzzi just wanted to go for it and he didn't see Boston as the team that was going to do it. So what I read is that he had longer term offers, but not from contenders. And so he's banking on the the cap going up next year and thinks that he can basically ride like shotgun with Matthews and Marner and inflate his his value, which is like it's a smart play. Not Um, a bad idea. Van Riemsdyk is one year, one million. Oh Jesus, yeah. yeah. Nothing. Yeah. But all right. Well, um before we sign off, because we see we're running out of time here, yes. we'll we'll be a little more organized for episode 102 and we'll kind of grade the moves this offseason and all that. But uh lastly, what do you what is your worst signing of free agency now that we're three days in? Uh, oh man. I mean, we went through the Detroit ones, which I feel like to me, I think it's honestly probably JT Comfort. I'm trying to think, think if so? anything that I that was more of a head scratcher. Maybe the Orlov one. I felt like that was a ton of money for him. Two years uh, though. It's it's yeah, not long. Um, what about you? My one that right away I was like, ooh, that might bite them for a while was the Corpusalo contract in sure. Ottawa. Yeah. Five five years, four mil. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Columbus couldn't give him away, you know? And then he had a little bit of a resurgence in LA overpaid for him and Gavrikov at the trade deadline. Well, I mean, I guess Gavrikov had value and Corpusalo is just a bit of a throw in. Yeah. But yeah, that's that could be bad for Ottawa. The other one too, talking about goalies that I found it's not surprising given the success that they have had but i thought aiden hill getting that contract with vegas was somewhat surprising because it's like five mil or something and yeah Yeah. he won them a cup but they also had multiple goalies play for them 
in the playoffs and it kind of showed that they could have whoever in there and with their defense it was okay so yeah right and with their money situation that are they they have to be re-signing logan thompson too you'd think and how much is he gonna cost oh yeah I don't know. Yeah. So I thought the, those two were also interesting. I forgot about Corpus Allo, actually. Yeah. So that's my worst one. So I think that is going to be a wrap for today. We kind of bounced all over the place. And we'll uh, come up with a little bit of a roadmap for the next one and see what happens. Maybe most of the names are off the board by then. Maybe a few more trades have trickled in. And we'll see how she goes. Awesome. Okay, so this has been Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 101, the long-awaited return. Uh, Thanks for listening. That's Laura. I'm Keith.